In the wake of multiple retail breaches we've seen over the last two years, security experts have noted significant gaps in payments chain security, one being vulnerabilities posed by third parties. Now the PCI Security Standards Council is coming out with new guidance that specifically addresses third-party risks and highlights best practices merchants, banks, and others can and should follow to ensure the third parties they work with are secure. I'm joined today by Troy Leach, Chief Technology Officer and Lead Security Standards Architect for the PCI Security Standards Council, to discuss this new guidance and what it means for the industry. I think some of the reasoning behind this new guidance is obvious, but could you tell us why the council decided now was a good time to issue guidance that specifically addresses third-party risks? Absolutely. Thank you, Tracy, for this opportunity. We recognize that businesses are rapidly adopting a third-party model uh, for their operations, and that sometimes is putting card payment data at risk. We saw that in a Poneman study uh, recently that 65% of the data breaches were actually involving uh, a third party as part of the reason that they were exposed to begin with. So we recognize this trend for the last two to three years. Uh, obviously, there's been uh, more highlighted breaches this year that emphasize the importance of securing your third parties. But for the council and our special interest group, they felt that this was the right time to address some of these concerns in version 3.0 of our standard that was released last year. In fact, uh, the special interest group had several key contributions to version 3 of, of the standard. But if I could take a step back and, and talk about how the special interest groups are, are formed, these are community-selected and, and driven projects by our, our membership itself. So this is not something that the PCI Council unnecessarily ourselves selects, but rather it's selected by our membership as they recognize the industry need for uh, some type of guidance in this area. And so then some of the organizations or individuals that sit on this particular special interest group, Troy, are they coming from the banking sector, the merchant sector, both? Both. It, it's coming from a cross-industry uh, group. It is uh, merchants. It is from the retail uh, groups. There's We recognize that about 45% of the data breach is happening in the retail space, so they're obviously very sensitive uh, to these types of exposures. It's coming from the banking community as well. And this really is uh, in the vendors and, and security assessors as well. So it has contribution from all types of subject matter experts in all different industries. So you've touched on a little bit of how this kind of falls into this new version 3.0 that just came out relative to the PCI data security standard. But Troy, can you tell us how this new guidance addresses some of the requirements or the conformance expectations? Absolutely. I, I think. You know, one of the things that we've seen over the years is we've had language in our standards around the agreements between third parties that can put cardholder data at risk and the merchants and service providers that have those relationships. So in this version of the standard, we are very focused on the written agreement. Um, how should they look? How should we make service providers and other third parties responsible for securing cardholder data services? and also just the process itself of how you engage a service provider, um, how do you have a program to monitor their, their PCI status, as well as having the service provider acknowledge, um, this is a new requirement, in writing to their customers that they are protecting payment card data. One thing that we've seen over the years in some of the breaches uh, that may not have gotten the front page news, uh, but were still impactful nonetheless, is that a merchant or service provider would have this third-party relationship, and they either assumed that the third party was managing the security on their behalf, 
um, or some other um, miscommunication as to who is responsible for protecting consumers' uh, payment card data. We've also seen that some of these third-party relationships have third parties themselves that they rely on. So there was a case uh, about two years ago now where a service provider was asked by the merchant, I no longer want to store payment card data on your services, please remove it. The service provider removed the uh, cardholder data only to find that the merchant was contacted a few months later saying that they were breached. And what came from that is that third-party service provider had a third party that they relied on for business continuity and backups and that company had a compromise that still contained some of the merchant's cardholder data. So we talk about in this uh, paper the importance of doing due diligence and determining the scope of what is appropriate for that third-party relationship. You know, that's a good point that you make, Troy, because I'm wondering if, if some of the reason that we're seeing more vulnerabilities linked to third parties is because the types of attacks that are being waged against the payments industry and the financial services industry overall have changed. Would you say that third-party vulnerabilities are more worrisome today than they were, say, two or three years ago? I think so based on how operations are moving to larger aggregates. And as you start to accumulate more and more cardholder data, it becomes greater incentive for a criminal to go after that particular target. Uh, that's why we emphasize as counsel that security is a shared responsibility. We can't be just outsourced by a written agreement. It has to have the proper monitoring due diligence to assure that that third party knows what they're responsible for and has the appropriate PCI-DSS security requirements in place. And when you talk about going toward you know, some of these larger entities, larger third parties, are we talking primarily payments processors and core banking providers? You know, the, the model is changing. We now have cloud service providers that are providing a, a wealth of services into organizations. We do have the payment service providers and gateways that are in, you know, increasing the merchant portfolios, which again uh, increases the uh, aggregate points for, for data compromise. I think it's a combination of all the different services that are just now available through modern technology. Troy, something else that I, I found interesting is just the fact that there's so much attention being paid to third-party risks these days. So it's not just the PCI Council that's specifically addressing third-party risks. We've also, in recent weeks, seen federal banking regulators come out with alerts and recommendations to help banking institutions address third-party risks. Are there any areas that overlap here between what the PCI Council is recommending for merchants and financial services and what we've seen from federal banking regulators? I think so. I think many of the recommendations that you'll see in the special interest group uh, paper highlight the same types of requirements and expectations that we're starting to see at a federal level. We are also uh, working at the PCI Council on reevaluating what service provider requirements um, may be needed um, beyond what is in the DSS today. And we probably will pro be providing more information about that at our community meetings in the fall. Um, as to how we expect to possibly reevaluate service providers and, and their responsibility. And so, Troy, when does this new guidance take effect, or how concerned should merchants and, and other folks touching the financial services space be about this new list of best practices? I think the way to look at the special interest paper is to look at it as a guidance for existing uh, requirements. So we already had in PCI-DSS uh, requirement 12.8, which talked to written agreements and the responsibility of, of service providers. Um, so these requirements were, were included in version 3.0. Uh, some of the more 
Um, impactful changes, uh, requirement 12.9, which requires service providers to acknowledge in writing to customers that they protect payment card data. Those have a uh, sunrise date of July of 2015. Uh, but for the rest of this, it should be seen as just a, a further explanation of what the members already provided in version 3.0 of the standard. We've talked a lot about vulnerabilities that are associated with MagStripe technology and the need for layered security that includes not just chip cards, but also tokenization and encryption. Where do third-party risks come into that entire fold? We've talked a lot about what issuers should be doing and what merchants should be doing from a card issuance and card acceptance perspective. But when you bring in these third-party risks, that brings in a whole different level of conversation that doesn't even touch some of the technology pieces. It, it does. And uh, fortunately for me, I, I'm excited about where we are in security. I think we're in a renaissance for payment security in our industry. We're looking at all these new solutions like point-to-point -point encryption, tokenization specifically, where we're changing the problem itself and limiting where the exposure of cardholder data can even reside. So with many of these third-party relationships, one of the most significant ways that we can reduce the potential impact of exposure is by creating uh, ciphertext and, and tokens and all these different means where there's no longer value to that information before we pass it on to third-party relationships. We're seeing this being very fruitful for many merchants going through their PCI DSS compliance efforts that they recognize that rather than having to monitor all these third parties, if they do not provide the cardholder data specifically to them, but rather information that's not considered payment card data, then they are greatly reducing their burden for compliance as well as just having a more secure process for their customers. Troy, are there any other special interest group initiatives that are underway that would be relevant here or that the industry should be mindful of? There are. This year we will probably be releasing at least three if not four special interest group papers. Uh, we have one on security awareness and building a security awareness program. We have to be mindful that the, the biggest weakness to the security process is people. And that comes from uh, third-party developers and third-party service providers, as well as others that just may not be aware of their responsibility to protect payment card data. So we are having a, a special interest group on that. We also have a paper coming out on just maintaining uh, PCI DSS compliance over the years. How do you manage that in a more efficient way? This year, one of the 2014 initiatives is around penetration testing as well and looking at our new requirements in DSS requirement 11 around penetration testing and helping to determine your scope of card data environment around penetration testing. Um, we believe that guidance will provide a wealth of knowledge for how you develop that program. I just think that to re-emphasize the point that security is a shared responsibility. Uh, you look to see more coming from the council and this paper again is a great source to uh, not only meet requirement 12 of the DSS standard, but just have good fundamental questions to be able to prepare yourself to have those conversations and a healthy relationship with third parties to secure payment card data. Troy, thanks again for your time today. Thank you, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Troy Leach of the PCI Security Standards Council. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.